live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. This is Giddy Up live on this Monday morning from our Melbourne studios. Uh, good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. Big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. It's Monday, January 15, and it's a big show as we recap Magic Millions Day. It had it all Magic Millions, didn't it? Once again, a lot of drama. Fortunately, Sydney Bowlers okay after that Barry incident, so... Let's hope that we get to see him back at the races and he doesn't take too much of an issue with a, a mental side of the game when it comes to, to the barriers for, for Sydney Bowler. But um, we got through the meeting eventually. We'll talk about Storm Boy and how good he is who took out the two-year-old classic with the Monday breakdown team. They're ready to go. Chris Nelson, Mitchie Lewis and Dean Watling on this Monday morning. The Monday means test just after 10 o'clock. Wayne Hawks is back in the studio and Johnny O'Neill who I don't know where Johnny is. He's not in the studio, but I think he's somewhere. He, I don't know if he's got any money left, and he's got a lot of money. He purchased every second horse. He's got an, he's got an addiction in a way, um, just buying horses. He has to be the centre of attention, put, he ha put his hand up and say, hey, <laughs> I, I want to be interviewed here, and I'll buy this horse. Poor Aussie Kerr, who's his business partner. Um, but no, he, he sped up Johnny O'Neill, which was good to see. And hopefully he can find his next champion. And we'll find you a few winners today with the bag of tips. And looking forward to catching up with Butch Castles because they raced at Ellerslie for the first time in close to two years. There yesterday, it was their lead-up meeting ahead of their Caraca Millions Day. So it be interesting to see what Butch has to say about that. Legato was the star. She was awesome in her victory there. Yesterday, Giddy Up brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. 0499736736 join our conversation. And there was some great greyhound and harness action over the weekend as well. So we'll have a chat about that as the show goes on. But it's eight minutes past six in the east, eight minutes past or six minutes past seven, of course, in Queensland. And good morning to all of our friends in WA. It is six minutes past five. Gupta's up nice and early there in Albany in Western Australia. Let's kick off the show with the Monday Breakdown. It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Mick Gannon's having more time off than I know anyone really to have time off. Um, but let's welcome in the team, the King of Queensland, Chris Nelson. Hello to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good morning, uh, everyone. Good morning, Mitchie. Good morning, Dino. And, uh, yeah, happy to fill in for uh, Mick this morning. I'm sure he must be back sometime soon, Gareth. Can't uh, be too far away. Unbelievable. Hello to you, Dino. Yeah, morning, Chriso, Mitchie, Gareth. I heard um, Gano's been sent back to the free trainers. I don't think he's come up this preparation, so <laughs> might need a little bit more work under his belt, Gareth. And Mitchie Lewis, hello to you. Hello, boys. I hope everybody's well and... Well, well, full full credit, Gano. He put in the power of work over the break, so well deserved. Yeah, we're only stirring, Gano. Um, <laughs> I've got two microphones here. One's broken. I think we're all right here. I'll just have to be careful because it keeps on it keeps on falling off. Um, that's the microphone. Let, let's, oh. <laughs> uh, the highlight there on the weekend was this two-year-old. Jeez, he's exciting. His name's Storm Boy. 
Topping the straight, Stormboy struck the front. Arabian Summer into the clear. Likewise, Highness getting through in the middle. Erno's Cuban spy wire out wider. It's Stormboy in front, 100 metres left to run. Highness can't bridge back the margin. Then spy wire, but it's all Stormboy. And Stormboy is too good for them in the two-year-old. Stormboy by three. Second, Highness. Photo third. Spy wire or Erno's Cube. Arabian Summer clocks in five. Hats off to the you, Chris Nelson, because you declared this horse like he was the good thing that he was there basically from you know, the get-go a couple of weeks out but you're really bullish in the final week this time last week on the show you were declaring him and Dominic Byrne who I've got so much respect for said Storm Boy destined to be a champion two-year-old of the season if he maintains yesterday's performance IWS computer rates him the highest that's the highest Magic Millions two-year-old ever topping dance hero he's some horse Chris Nelson he is. He is, Gareth. And uh, he's from a stable of two-year-old stars. And I'm just looking at the, the markets going forward for the Golden Slipper and the, uh, and the Blue Diamond. Of course, we've got Straight Charge. We've got Espionage. And we've got others, of course, from the, uh, from the Waterhouse Bot Stable that he's going to have to match it with. I'd love someone to actually, I don't know if this has happened, but someone sat Adrian Bot or Gay Waterhouse down and asked them, which is the best two-year-old in their stable? Yeah. And I, would they give a straight answer? I That'd did be, it a few oh, you've times. you got Gay on later, I think, haven't you? Yeah, I, um, I've done it a few times, and he just sits on the fence and says, Gareth, whatever horse turns up. <laughs> Splendors. Um, There's that yeah. Express as well. They've got a yeah, that's the opinion one. of as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. that's the other one. It's the favourite for the the uh, Golden Slipper, I think. So Not anymore. Yeah, they've got... No, no, not after what happened on Saturday. But look, he was dominant. He um, he had to work again for the first uh, part of the race. And once he got over outside the leader, I thought the other two, uh, Arabian Summer and Highness, were in the right spot to challenge early in the straight. But he just waved them goodbye and that was the end of their chances. He was far too good for them, did at both ends and ran quicker time than King of Sparta, which is amazing. Yeah, we don't see that too often when a two-year-old runs quicker time than the older horses, Dino. But you've been watching these horses for quite some time, uh, especially at the trials. D did you expect Storm Boy to be as good as he is? No, probably not. I think he probably exceeded everyone's expectations. Obviously, he was a short price favourite in the Magic Millions on face value. But then the win, the gaps in behind, I think, and then the time overall compared to King of Sparta, who we know is an out-and-out -out Group 1 sprinter, I think uh, the more you went on throughout the day and you summarised that win, I think the more layers and merit you gave to him. So yeah. he had the setup to do it three weeks off the scene. Uh, that improvement can be there, but I think he exceeded everyone's expectation. And it's exciting. I think we need a, a proper two-year-old to hit the ranks and go on as a three-year-old. So, no, he was exceptional. The stronger they went, the better he was after the tough running transit. I just think that was an exceptional uh, victory. Mitchie, what did you make of Storm Boy and the beaten horses behind him there on Saturday? Yeah, so data-wise, like he's he's blown it up uh, 7.6 lengths faster than the class benchmark. Uh, I think I saw something that said he broke the two-year-old record as well. So um, he's absolutely blown that up as well. Um, Spywire, interesting. Uh, you might have to speak to Johnny O'Neill as well. What was the, He had a bet with Gano about Spywire or something. I'm not 100% sure what that was. I'm... I'd be oh, interested okay. to see if he could... A bottle of wine or something was yeah. the story. So you might that. have to ask him, but I thought he was okay. Arabian Summer, I thought, was one you could follow too, maybe if they come to the Blue Diamond. She might appreciate a little break and come back, but I thought she was solid in there as well. So apart from... If you took Stormboy out of the race, it was quite competitive. You know, Highness as well, but yeah. no, he's he's blitzed the clock in this race and, yeah, looks a star. So, Chris, so just talk us through it as a punter and a tipster like you did last week and how bullish you were because you're, you're a very 
um, measured type of tipster where you don't really carry on like a pork chop from time to time, but you <laughs> you tell us how you see it. But geez, you were bullish about this horse. So what what made this horse stand out to you? Well, I think I think there was a few things that went into it. Number one was uh, always trust your eye, and yeah. I thought his two wins had both been good to the eye, especially the win at uh, Eagle Farm where he did work for the first four hundred meters of the race, and then. He still clocked the fastest last 200 metres of that race. So that was a big tick there. Uh, both wins, as I said, the first win was impressive to the eye, but also he beat Traffic Warden, who came out and won at Caulfield. So the form stacked up there. His numbers were better than than the others. It, I, it didn't look a race where, there, I think as Dino said, there wasn't much of a tail to it. There's probably only four or five winning chances on paper. And he had those covered uh, numbers-wise. And then you look at the stable. Well, you know how good they are, and they just go forward. So he needed to draw a gate some sort of a gate. And if he did, he was a good thing. He drew the gate, he went forward and you know, they're going to pull out plenty when pressured. So it wasn't an overly hard decision to make. And as, as I said, I think earlier last week, I could find little niggles on the other ones. All the other horses had some sort of little uh, issue that you could pick up. Whereas this one, Storm Boy, they're all ticks. I could not find any negative for him at all. So sometimes it works out, Gareth. Sometimes it doesn't. Fortunately, this time it did. Yeah, and I don't think like a horse like Arabian Summers had a wonderful campaign, but how long can she keep going for? Like she was she was on a float from Melbourne to Brisbane. Correct. That was her fifth run, this preparation. I thought she was a lot better last week than she was on, on Saturday. So I wonder if she'll go to the paddock now. I don't know if she can keep going towards the Blue Diamond Stakes. Highness has got, like Highness just might have run into a champ there, Dino, on, on Saturday. Yep. For sure. I think he loomed up on the turn and yeah. we saw it in a couple of earlier races. Those sort of leaders, they sort of, Stormboy's a big boy, he sort of shuffled around the turn, but once he uh, balanced up, he went through his gears. I sort of thought at the top of straight harnesses had the run of the race, a little bit more positive, the winkers going on. And I think you make a really good point. Um, he was beaten two and a half lengths, but like you mentioned, he could have been beaten by one of the, the better two-year-olds we've seen over the last couple of years. So he's definitely one to follow out of the race. Um, but, yeah, the, the winner was just too impressive. It was interesting to listen to James McDonald with the beaten jockeys after the race with Spywise saying, geez, he was proud of him. I thought he was pretty good under the circumstances, the way that he hit the line anyway there, Mitchie Lewis. And he indicated, and I'd love to get Christo's opinion on this as well, that it was just difficult to make up ground there on, on the weekend in a way that the way that the track was playing. And I watched a few races. It seemed to, to, to me that if you were in the first six or seven, it was a big advantage. But if you're settling just off the pace, say third or fourth or fifth, then you could get into the contest. But if you're out wide, it was difficult, Mitchie. What did you make of that? Yeah, his uh, last 200 split was <clears throat> second fastest, only behind Storm Boy. Uh, he's just, between the six and the 200, he's just slowed up a little bit there. So I'm not, not sure if maybe coming around the turn, he's sort of, um, not handled that, but when he straightened up, yeah, he, he finished yeah. quick. I, I guess you could say that answered the question if he was going to get the 1,200 metres. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the same thing. They've just run into Storm Boy. He was second quickest last 200 behind Storm Boy. What did you make of those comments from J-Mac with the way that the track played then, Chris? I thought it played okay. I mean, yeah. we all thought after race one when uh, Zoo Meteor went from the wide gate across to the fence and ran quick time and just kept on going, this is a, a leader's track. But then we had... We had Boom Talk in race four come down the outside. We had Derry Grove come down the outside in race six. Yep. Uh, King of Sparta came from off speed. Uh, we also had a bounding come from five lengths off them and Lady Laguna in the last. So at the end of the day, I thought the track played really yep. well. I mean, it got to a good three, I think, before the running of mm. race nine it was. 
so it certainly dried out. But no, I think it played fair. I mean, yeah, as I keep saying, you're at advantage generally if you're up in the first yeah. four or five anyway. So those other horses might have just been better too, the Lady Lagunas of the world. So no, fair track as far as I'm concerned. I think they'd be really happy with it. We'll stay with the, the two-year-olds. Too darn Lizzie. How impressive was she? Like even Tay's copped a tip about her on, on the weekend. <laughs> um, and every, like the money for her late was remarkable. She's a, she's a daughter of too darn hot. The Magic Millions has come around a little bit too quick for her. But Chris, would she have been competitive in that race looking at the numbers? <laughs> No, not really. The, the the numbers are pretty low for her, but um, but I reckon Tags would have been sweating at about the three hundred meter mark because uh, yeah. they were going to go right past two yeah. down, Lizzie. <laughs> and then she just found that other gear. She realised what stable she was in, and then she just raced away from them. So that was a that was a good win. But no, I don't think she's up to the uh, the Magic Millions. But they'd have a better idea than I yeah. would. Yeah, there's no other stable in the country. Then if you if anyone else trained her. On, on Saturday, you'd be looking, oh, oh we're in trouble here. Who's, yep. who's given us this tip? And she was on one rein. She was hanging. She looked like she was wobbling around that turn. And then she just went into overdrive. I said, boy, oh, boy, this is unbeatable storm, boy, after I watched that. Yes. Unfortunately, Barracuda couldn't get the job done for the um, favourite backers in that race, um, race number three. But what did you make of the performance there of – um, my computer. Lead me on. Yeah, lead, lead me on. Lead me on for. Um, geez, it was a great story for Michael Rod as well, Chris O. It is. Uh, I mean, as he said, he thought he'd be writing, you know, probably a full book at uh, Ipswich on Magic Millions Day, and here he is writing in, on the big day and, and getting a winner with the uh, the debut of uh, Lead Me On, and it's a great story, and it'll, and it'll continue to be a great story. He's just you know going along quietly, minding his own business. He's very hard to get an interview out of, almost impossible. So. Hopefully that changes down the track, but good luck to him. It's a great story. And, yeah, these two Quinella to trial at the Gold Coast, and they did the same thing on Saturday. 17 minutes past eight. This is Giddy Up and the Monday Breakdown. We'll continue on the breakdown straight after this break, and we'll break down some of the featured two-year-old markets. We'll have a look at the Blue Diamond, and we'll also have a look at the Golden Slipper market. Now, I've been doing a little bit of research with these two-year-olds, so I've got some information for you when we return. Um, okay. And, and i tell you what, there's a – like I think the two-year-olds are – they're a good crop this year. I think depth-wise as well, when you have a look at the Waterhouse and Bot Camp and Snowden's got a couple of nice ones, but um, walking the, the the grounds there at Magic Millions on the weekend, there's a few other stables that believe they've got two-year-olds that are well above average. So we'll dissect a few of those markets straight after this. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Wider was Montana Dawn. Down the running they come and Manos got into the clear quickly and is coming out and after them. Manos with Shangri-La Express. They pair off to find out this trial. 100 to go. Manos, Shangri-La Express. Shangri-La Express won't give up, but Manos has got its measure. Manos beat Shangri-La Express, Cotogio, and behind those was Montana Dawn with winning oh, state. Oh, back in October. We can get carried away from time to time, can't we? But these two-year-olds, that was Shangri-La Express, the favourite. He went on to win the English race, and then he was the favourite for the Golden Slipper until his stablemate Stormboy did what he did there on Saturday, Chris O. But let's have a look at the Golden Slipper market. And this is always this is always good fun. And future betting is very, very dangerous, especially with the two-year-olds, because a lot can happen to these two-year-olds in a lead-up to a slipper. 
and you just don't know what's in the backyard of some of these bigger stables either. But you've got Storm Boy with Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. He's at $4. Shangri-La Express is at $8. Straight Charge at 13 Highness at 15 Bodyguard that was impressive at the trials the other day at 17 Espinage at 20 to 1 Manos at 20 to 1 Amazing Eagle at 26 Then a Node at 26 Arabian Summer at 26 Bold Bastille, who was the horse that won at Mooney Valley there for Lindsay Park, Volsley Kerr and Johnny O'Neill's at 26. Coleman's at 26. And then we go down to a horse like Sovereign Hill at 26. Spywise at $26. I tell you what, there's a horse that I think's at a big price at a big price here, Chris O. Um, a horse by the name of Anisa at $34. This was the horse that was off the track at Caulfield the other day for Peter Moody. Started favourite down the straight and was um, okay and then bolted home there at Caulfield last start. So there's a couple there I think that we can find at a price, Chris O. Yeah, and I know you only played that replay so you could hear Manos again too, Gareth, by the way. <laughs> that, was a, that was a whole idea of it. Just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, Anisa was very impressive winning there at Caulfield. But look, uh, I tend to favour the Sydney horses, even when we get to the Blue Diamond at this stage. My my focus will be on those Sydney horses, but I'm not going to completely discount what we see in Melbourne. But uh, uh, just talking of Manos, I had a look at that trial and uh, you might be onto something there. I thought the trial was quite soft. I know I ran second, but the leader was yep. certainly pushed out a lot more. Paul Snowden said that he needs another trial because he had that break between that trial when he defeated um Shangri-La Express, so he'll yes. be he'll be a lot better for his second trial. Um, Bold Bastille's the seven fifty favourite for the Blue Diamond mm. Stakes. Storm Boys at nine dollars, Bodyguard at ten dollars, Stay Focus at ten, Coleman thirteen. The Blue Diamond's always the most difficult race to to, to bet into, um, Dino, because you just don't know what stable's going where. And I think Gay Waterhouse and Andrew and Bot hold the key because they will be splitting their two year olds and they'll be identifying the Blue Diamond. So. Whether it is a, a Shangri-La Express that goes there um, on the second line betting at $7.50. But um, the Blue Diamond's going to be a great race this year. It is. I think we'll learn a lot more. And what we find in a lot of these markets is um, if you're in the picture, if you're in the audience, um, you're up in lights, you're more often than not, you're going to be in the market. And you sort of see that out of sight, out of mind sort of set up with these markets. The horses you don't see, they often drift and you can sort of get a price, but I think you'll see Bold Bastillion there, Bodyguard, the Snowdens love to target the Blue Diamond. And then like you mentioned, I think um, Waterhouse and Bolt, they have a couple of handy ones they'll send down there. It's not often the recipe for the slipper winner. Um, so that's a probably a note to take for punters if we're looking into that. But like you mentioned, it can be tricky. I think last year we spent a couple of weeks figuring out which horses were going, which horses weren't going, and we probably got it all wrong in the end. Nah, we'll work it out here, and this is why you got to listen to Giddy Up, but it is difficult because the trainers do change their mind, especially with these two-year-olds. Um, Mitchy, do you have an opinion on any of these two-year-olds? Have you found some value for us? Yeah, I think I've got one for the Blue Diamond, yeah. uh, Gareth. So this horse defeated Arabian Summer and Anisa and is targeting the Blue Diamond, and that's the South Australian horse, Caravas, who won the Group 3 Ottawa Stakes down the straight okay. on debut. So... I think that horse, maybe like Dino said, has been a little bit out of sight, out of mind. I think you're getting good value for Caravas, who was proven on the boo and beat some horses that went on to be impressive. So 
Uh, that's one that I'm just keeping yeah. an eye on because I know that that's the target. So you you know you know that you're probably more than likely going to see him pop up, and he's already a Group Three winner. He's at twenty six dollars with Bet three six five, so that's a good push there, Chriso. Um, are you punning into any of these markets? No, nah, not no. this stage. But so uh, the, the one that's probably forgotten there is uh, Espionage, another one uh, yes. who's got some good early season form. Won the Breeders and and beat Straight Charge, who Dino and I were pretty keen on to win the Magic Millions. Unfortunately, didn't run. Um, for our sake, and look, may have been right up there with Stormboy. We don't know. So espionage could be another one that's a little bit forgotten. Dino, you're, you're putting your hand up. You've got something for us. And let us know, 0499736736. Are you hearing any whispers any, out of any stables regarding some of their two-year-olds, Dino? Yeah, I don't have a, a tip for the Ludon or the um, Slipper, but my question to you, Gareth, was if you could find out uh, where straight charge is at. Um, I know you're going to yeah. have either Waterhouse or Bot on late. Obviously, had the temperature of the issue prior to the um, prior to the Magic Millions on the weekend. It was probably a blessing in disguise for punters that we could arrow in on um, Stormboy. But I thought he was as good, if not better, than Stormboy prior to the race. Obviously, outside of the race, um, Stormboy's up in lights now, but he's one that I really want to look at uh, leading into the Golden Slipper. And what's the perfect profile, Chris, for Slipper winners? Because like horses like Manos and the like that we haven't seen just yet, we'll, be, we'll have to see them pretty shortly. I think it's the early part of February where the Canterbury Stakes, Silver Slipper, that's when... Like they, they tell me Cadolphin's got one up their sleeve that we haven't we haven't seen as well. Um well, we need they won't reveal that name either, so I'll have to work that one out. <laughs> Surely they'll tell you, Gareth. Well I they're gonna I, tell all I know, all I know it'll be starting, I think, in the early part of February. That's all I know. So I'll find out from the driver. Uh yes, exactly. Um no, I think you need to see him at the trials pretty very, very soon, if not yep. already. Uh, and, yeah, I think, as you say, late um, late February, we want to see these horses starting to run in those traditional lead-up races, yep. generally, I would suggest. So, Slipper, I think it's second or third up is the profile there, Dino. They need to have at least three or four starts. Yeah, the, the general Slipper profiles, you, you want to have your debut prior to Christmas. I think the last 11 or 13 winners have debuted prior to Christmas. I think Esther Jab and um, Stay Inside are the two outliners. And then the key lead up is the Todman. Generally, the boys dominate um, sort of the Slipper mm. profiles and the Todman's the key lineup. Um, I think you're right in regards to you sort of want to be third up into the Slipper. The SP profile does come into it when the slipper and the track pattern as well. You want horses sort of up on speed, but um, when you see really good horses, they can really come from outside of that sort of setup. But that's the general setup for me. Um, before Christmas, have that second preparation, have that spell, and more often than not, that's the key recipe for a golden slipper. And in your time, Chris, because eh, you've been around a little longer than the other two, but have you ever seen one stable dominate two-year-old races like Waterhouse and Bot have? Never. No, yeah. I certainly haven't. And, and, and the fact that they just have done it uh, over the years for so for so long. I mean, Gay before Adrian joined her, of course, and, and, and you just can't see any way it's going to stop going no. forward. I mean, they've been buying up more two-year-olds or more more um, more young horses that are soon going to be two-year-olds and running this time next year. And Yeah, I can't see it stopping. It's the stable. You really want to stick with this stable because, as I said earlier, they've got so many. Obviously, they obviously know which ones are the best ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got, to, you've got to take that leap. And it's a stable. If you just had a horse, you nearly have to give them a horse these days because oh. the job that they do with their two-year-olds. And then I think their greatest ever training performance since I've been following the game, especially with Gay's Alligator Blood. Like I had him written off 
And the job that they did with that tried horse under the circumstances with the injuries that he had was one hell of a training performance. And the best part about Gay, imagine this story. In your local pub, you're having a couple of sherbets there in Penrith <laughs> and two horses walk in off the street. So it was a busy road to that, that Penrith pub and she pulls up, um, parades them in the, the beer garden. She was <laughs> she was delivering a speech at a lunch with some business people around the, the, the Penrith area. Anyway, a few of them, well, they had no other choice but to invest in Storm Boy and um, it was a pretty handy Palmer and chips plus a, a share and a horse and away you go. So there you go. That's why. No, we are left go. Yeah. We would have we would have picked the other horse, wouldn't we? We yeah. would <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I've manif- yeah. the manifestations changed my life. I don't make those bad decisions anymore, Chris. Oh, I was going to say, and, and the other thing with the stable is you always know where those horses Correct. are going to be. They everyone knows that Gay and Adrian's horses are going forward all the time. Yet. I can't for the life of me work out why some of these other stables don't take the same um, path, why they don't do it as well. Are they not as good at training their horses? What I mean, you see horses roll forward, then they yeah. roll back, and we've spoken about it before. They draw wide gates. They don't push on. They go back. Gays do. They push on, and then they can still finish off. What is it that they can do with their horses? It's, it's just something phenomenal. It's one of the great mysteries that I've come across in the game. I'll ask Wayne Horse again about this today, but – like Chris Waller, all his horses go back from wide gates especially, yeah. and then they chime in at the right time. And you can't really argue or debate his record. He's one of the great no. trainers. But Gay Waterhouse is just like, as you pointed out, you know what you're going to get. And whether that's Robbie's influence saying, well, the data tells you or my my stats tell you, if you're not in the four or first four or five, it's highly unlikely that you don't get the job done. But um, no, she's a superstar. And I think Adrian Bott has helped Gay go to a couple of new levels yeah. since they've taken over. I phenomenal. Think, I think he's been the key to her success as well. 8.34, let's take the news. We'll come back and pl- with plenty more, including taking a look at some of the other features there on the Gold Coast on the weekend. And we'll look at Rose Hill and uh, the meeting at Flemington as well. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. 200 metres left to run. Defiant Spirit, Royal Tribute, Sovereign Fund abounding, closing out wider. Sovereign Fund abounding, abounding over the top, abounding. Abounding wins the three year old Giddies, beat Sovereign Fund and Flying Trapeze. The three year old Giddies. It went the forever. Ground. The three year old Guineas. They had to head back to the to the parade ring after the mishap there with Sydney Bowler. And and I can report this morning that he's okay, Sydney Bowler. He's had a few lacerations, but he, he's recovered. Just mentally, time will tell whether he'll be able to go back into those barriers after that experience. So it was it was a nightmare for those three-year-olds walking around the gates. There was a big field. Horses were in the gates for a long time, Chris. And this is my pet hate. I've been on to this for quite some time. And I know that... They're doing their very best, the Barry attendants, but they, um, there need to be more of them. They need to be paid better or there needs to be something done to improve this situation. It's not just on Saturdays. It happens as well um, in the country. And you see all the money that's been paid. This is what I don't get sometimes. All of the money that's been paid at these Magic Millions, Magic Million sales and Inglis and, and Caraca. So you're spending millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on these yearlings. And then you get to a stage like you do, say, for a $3 million three-year-old classic, 
and your chances are just thrown out the window because there's not enough barrier attendance to, to help put those horses in the gate. So if you've drawn a low gate, that you're in the barrier for four or five minutes as you wait for all the other horses to go in, and that can be the difference between winning and losing. So I don't well, quite understand it, Chriso. I think this will bring it to a head. I think it's unfortunate. Yep. It's obviously an unfortunate way that it has come to a head, but I think it has now. And I don't know if you guys caught what J-Mac said when he yep. uh, rode the winner of the last Lady Laguna. He touched on it as well. And when someone like that's going to say something about the lack of barrier attendance, then someone's going to do something about it. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a lot of money in racing. There's a lot of money in, uh, in wagering, et cetera. Uh, this isn't going to cost a lot of money, mm. surely, to uh, to get some more barrier attendance uh, behind the stalls. And uh, as I said, I think it will bring it to a head, and I'm pretty sure something will be done pretty quickly, and hopefully that's Australia-wide. And the problem is with racing, we spend a lot of money on on stuff that we don't really need to spend a, a lot of money on. Yep. And then it's and then it's the clubs that have to play for the, the barrier attendance, my understanding is. So that means that like they're trying to cut back costs. They're an entertainment business at the end of the day. The, the clubs, um, and with the way that the, the it's set up these days, my understanding is it's difficult for them to get the revenue that they once did from the punt because more people are betting on their phones. So it has to be the jurisdictions that make sure that they are yes. putting more money into the the, the barrier attendance and, and the staff and help with the help the the clubs make sure that they present the best possible track that they can. Because you can't have what we did on the weekend, you know. And it's not just Saturday meetings. I think it's it's frustrating when you've you've backed the horse and they've moved into the gates and they're sitting in there for four or five or six minutes because there's few few other horses playing up and there's not enough barrier attendants to 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 sort out that horse. So um, it's a big it's a situation that needs to be fixed and it needs to be fixed immediately. Yeah, you make a good point. It was nearly the four-year-old guineas on the weekend. But I think the biggest thing, and like Chris O mentioned there, more often than not, it was uh, an unfortunate incident on the weekend. But hopefully out of it, we do get a positive and it brings it to a head and we fix it. Well, I think we fixed it with the strappers. I think they've been put up in lights. The, the money's increased heavily with the strappers over the last couple of years. So I think it's one of those things you can't have enough barrier attendance behind the gates on a big day like that. Like you mentioned, you want all horses going in nice and quickly. The last thing you want, especially with two-year-olds and three-year-olds lively yeah. race horses, is them standing in there for a good time while a, a horse plays up and there's not enough um, people behind the gates. So hopefully out of it, Sydney Bowler's okay and he gets back to the races and probably furthermore, hopefully we see a change in it and probably a coming of um, everyone in the industry yeah. um, jumping on board and, and fixing it. It could be easily as be a, a sponsor. Someone sponsors the barrier attendance. They wear the, the the logo on the back, and that fixes it. Or a, a donation as you go into the uh, into the races. I, I'm sure there's plenty of other better ideas than that. But uh, hopefully on the weekend, the positive out of it is that as an industry, we do fix it. Maybe they should just take a leaf at what happens over there in the UK and America. That you can bring your own pony to the races to take the horses up to the gates. And if you've got a horse that's a problem horse, you can send the foreman or one of the the staff members there from your own stable to look after mm. your own horse. And that might fix all of the problems as well. Hey, Chris, so what'd you make of a bounding? Geez, he's done a great job with this filly, um, Robbie he, Heathcote. He has. And look, I, look, I was a big rat for her, but I didn't think that 1,400 metres off uh, a bit of a break there might be a, a concern uh, for a bounding, but wasn't the case. And look, this was all about Martin Harley. who This time yeah. last year, he had two breaks in his neck uh, to come back after what he went through. He came back, he had a good, patch there for a while then things went a little flat and uh 
he was over the moon with this win. You could just tell how excited he was. So it was great for Rob Heathcote, great for Martin Harley. For Rob especially, he'd had two other short-priced horses during the day perform uh, under, well, they didn't win, put it that way. They didn't run a place. So the effort was good. The horse, uh, I know he's got a really good opinion of her, so he should, and I'd say we'll see her uh, in the winter time up here. I don't think she'd be going down south. And uh, Dino, you're, you're part of the first light racing team. You would have taken credit for that victory, no doubt. <laughs> oh, I'll turn it up. I did see our good mate, Timmy Wilson, tearing up post-race, and so he should be winning $3 million Magic Millions, three-year-old guineas. Martin Harley, that was an absolute peach of a ride. I think he got that bang on inch perfect. I think if he doesn't get the splits or he doesn't land in that spot throughout, there's a little bit of jostling pride of the turn, but he rode yeah. her absolutely to perfection. So credit to the team. Three weeks off into that, up to 1,400 metres, I think it was a strong win. And I think Rob said post-race, Chris, though, that maybe Ross Fire is getting to the back end of his career and a bounding could potentially be the stable star moving forward for, for him. Excellent. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on Giddy Up's Monday Breakdown. Gareth Hall, Mitchie Lewis, Dean Watling and Chris Nelson with you on this Monday morning. Send in your texts as well, 0499 736 736. That's 0499 736 736. What did you like from the weekend? If you've got a horse for us to follow, let us know. This is Giddy Up on a Monday morning. It's 8.43. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Here's King of Sparta about to let rip down the centre of the track. Petronius in front, not for long. King of Sparta moved up at the 100 metres mark. Rose Quartz, ball of a place chances. King of Sparta, king of the Gold Coast. King of Sparta wins again, wins it by two lengths. Petronius second. He's been a great horse, Chris. So he loves a firm track, King of Sparta, and he's just been... A terrific horse that was purchased on the Magic Millions, but he just loves turning up every year and, and winning some big prize money races. He does. Uh, we have these horses every year that uh, yep. seem to excel at the Gold Coast. Uh, 11-11 is, is another one, but uh, yeah, King of Sparta, he just had drinks on those. Yep. And Look, they didn't forget to back him. He was heavily backed into what, officially a dollar fifty-five, and Look, maybe some thought he was a bit too far back uh, before the home turn, but J-Mac knew what he was doing and he got a nice little gap there well off the fence in the straight and he put them away really, really quickly. Uh, I thought Baller was okay from the back, but was no match at all. And uh, look, you take out Baller and a couple of others maybe, yeah. and that was a pretty substandard field, that one. So King of Sparta, no surprise to see him romp home. What well unto Annabelle Neesham. She's probably had a year that... Like not up like it, she probably would have expected a little bit more with her stable. I don't think she's had the best of luck. She's been around the money in, in metropolitan races and finished second and third. Um, but she would want to see her winning strike rate improve just a little bit. But it's it was great to see her win there with Lady Laguna because she's done a fine job with this filly, um, Dino, to take out the mare's race. And she showed her class with that turn of foot at the end of the journey there on Saturday. And I think that was the question mark on whether she would get a strong 1300 meters, but she, she, she ate up that ground. She did. And probably the stables had a little bit of growing pains. You could say the last yeah. 12 months, she obviously started out very small and now she's got quite big because of her, obviously her ability and, and the results. But like you mentioned, when you get a lot of horses and influx, you've got to sort them all out, figure out your systems. But um, Lady Laguna has been a epitome of, consistency over the last sort of 12 months uh, uh, outstanding horse the back uh, can go to the front can go to the back wet or dry doesn't matter and i think this just showed how good this track played on the weekend and 
Lady Good are probably the best horse in the race. Um, they haven't gone too hard out in front of it at all. They've probably gone below standard, and she's just showed an elite turn of foot to come over the top. So I think we've got to summarise when we talk about tracks and horses as well, the advantages and disadvantages. When you've got a horse like Lady Laguna with a turn of foot, a slowly run race like this um, just puts her turn of foot up mm. to the fore, and she was outstanding there on the weekend. And J-Mac, again, another peach here. But I think she's one that we can probably follow out of the meeting onto bigger and better things, Gareth. Just quickly, Chris, so the Magic Millions Cup, um, far too easy. You felt for far too easy. He thought he was going to get a soft track. He's got a good three in the end from that gate. No. Um, <laughs> it was just, Samana was dominant, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she was. This was uh, this was an amazing win because sat, what, three wide the entire trip, just waiting for her to, you know, to fold up in the straight and, and didn't. Just kept on going. So all honours have to be with Samana. Uh, Meridius came through late. Revolutionary Miss had every possible chance. And look, I, th- I thought Zerastro up on speed, uh, raced with Frosty Rocks there. They went, you know, reasonably hard in front. Just faded that last little bit. 1,400 metres always going to be a little bit of an issue. But yeah, far too easy. He just had to do, well, he raced wide and got back and he peaked at about the 100 yeah. metre mark. But as you said, Gareth, uh, had the tracker been a little bit wetter, he probably could have just about won. Horses to follow from the Gold Coast, Chris O. Oh, it was tough. Um, I did have a couple there and I've written them down. So can you come back to me last, yes, Gareth? Yes, Dino. Thank you. Take it away. Yeah, it's a bit of a grand final weekend for a lot of these horses. So it is tough to find a couple of follow out. I think Highness we can definitely follow out. I think we've got to be smart and put uh, Stormboy up in lights and um, sort of take Highness on what he sort of did there. And I think Lady Laguna out of the last, so she's a filly. She's only third up into that run. I think she's got a lot of... Uh, wins to come in this preparation. Yeah. So they're probably the two on a tricky meeting to find any um, to follow Gareth. Mitchie Lewis? Yeah, I sort of was hoping to take something out of the debutante races, but their figures weren't huge on the clock. So I was I was with Dino in the fact. I thought Lady Laguna, off a slow tempo, would have the fastest last 200 of the day. She's probably got a good race, you know, somewhere along the line pretty yeah. soon. All right, then 30 seconds you got, Chris Hope. Zen Zella, the one from down your way, yes. who I thought uh, was set too big a task from the back of the field out of race five to sub-zero. And pure paradise. If it doesn't win a maiden soon mm-hmm. out of the uh, the guineas, I'll be very surprised. Good on you, Chris. I loved your work. You dominated the Sunshine State as it was its turn to, to shine. Of course, with Magic Millions Week, we'll catch up with you, with you throughout the week as you do all the, the form for Ipswich on a Wednesday or wherever they're racing it. Um, Gimpy or somewhere like that, just to come back to earth a little <laughs> oh, bit. Actually, they're racing at Home Hill this Wednesday, oh, Gareth. Can't yeah, wait for that. There you go. Good on you, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All the best. Dino and Mitchie, you stay with us. We'll have a look at Rose Hill and Flemington. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Giddy up on a Monday morning, 0499736736 to join our conversation. You get a chance, best text message today. And the question I pose to you, are you hearing any whispers regarding some two-year-olds? And what two-year-olds do you want to be going or be being with as you head towards a blue diamond or a golden slipper? Um, 0499736736, best text message. Can win 18 holes of golf and you can play with the mate and you'll get a card as well at the Mandalay Golf Course. Just head to mandalay.com.au to book in a round of golf midweek with the mate. And for just $99, that includes a cart and some drinks as well. Terrific value. 
The breakdown, the Monday breakdown continues after the news.